the dark, whistling in the dark. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, a little mailbag before we get to Road Movie to Berlin. John Leonard tweeted at us about our recent episodes. He said, great episodes as always. Regarding Dirt Bike, I always thought the solo in the Other Thing Brass Band version reminded me of the harpsichord part of Piggies by the Beatles. I know not note for notes, but staccato in rock solos are rare. Let's do a quick A-B there. Here is Piggies, followed by Dirt Bike, the Other Thing Brass Band version. That's it. Let's uh, get right to it. Road movie to Berlin. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants, something to Berlin. Talking about Road Movie to Berlin. We're in a Uh, Leslie Gower, this will be, I believe, your first... Wait, I don't know when I'm going to air these. But, uh, welcome! Uh, uh, let's pretend this is the first time we talk. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> What's up, Leslie? <laughs> Hello. Greetings. Hello. Actually, yeah, let me look at this thing. I think I'm going to skip you. I'm, I already have stuff I need to edit out. We just started. Um... <laughs> Because I think since you've been waiting so long, since you've been waiting so long on the exclusive, you know, we, we did that like a month, at least a month ago. Right. I don't know. Long time ago. So I'm jumping you up in the queue like 15 episodes. Awesome. Uh, just <laughs> so that you get an official episode as well as your exclusive. It's like Spencer. He was on the State Songs exclusive, but he hasn't been <laughs> on a regular episode yet. Well, except for his voicemails, which are on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's the voicemail king they call him <laughs> all 
I'm trying to get him to come down for the podcast because he's just in the Chicago area. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like it's like two and a half hours. I mean, it's that's I, 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 I'm not expecting him to make it, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. If, if I do Birdhouse in Chicago, I'll have him on the panel probably. The round table. Okay, so for real. Uh, so people, I'm trying to remember how much we talked about your. I mean, we talked about a lot of your history with the band on the exclusive. We're recording this on Groundhog's Day, <laughs> which is fun. So, uh, Bill Murray's over here watching. Woo! He's not allowed. He's not allowed to talk, though. I told him he can't. He hasn't reserved a song, so he can't be on the podcast. But he's he's sitting over there petting my dog. Um, <laughs> we just had a, a private viewing of Groundhog Day where he did live commentary. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ned Ryerson showed up and he punched him in the face. <laughs> He's not the God, but he might be a God. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Ryerson. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great movie. Why didn't I watch that today? Uh, okay. So flash, flash forward to March. Um, so your uh, exclusive just aired. So people know all about, they know all of your personal secrets now, <laughs> obviously. At least they might be Giants-related secrets. Don't tell um, anybody. <laughs> <and> yeah. <laughs> it's an exclusive, so right now only 18 people are hearing it. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Just between me <laughs> and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's another thing I told Pete, their manager. I'm like, you know only 17 people heard that in the episode. <laughs> Like, it's not a big deal. I mean, hopefully people sign on and they go back and listen to those ones, uh, you know, hopefully. So there will be a lot of people listening to your exclusive eventually. And maybe by the time it is actually March and not Groundhog's Day, um, the day that never ends. <laughs> if we ever get to March 13th, <laughs> many people will have listened to your exclusive um, based off of your, I don't know, do you call it a blog post? The blog posts... Does that term, that phrase, have legitimacy now? Because I remember, like, back when blogs first started, you know, you and I aren't that far off in age from each other, I don't think. Whereas, like, blogs, <laughs> the hell's that? Do you call it a blog post? Do you call it a, what do you call it? Yeah, a love letter uh, to... yeah, it's just, I guess it's a blog post. That's what it is. But I just kind of yeah. call it this thing that I wrote. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, it's super cool. I just, I think blogs have legitimacy. It's kind of like podcasts. Like, yeah, yeah. I used to feel almost like stupid for telling people I had a podcast back in like, I think two Gregs one podcast. My first Midwest music podcast started in 2012, like pretty long time ago. So seven ish years ago, six ish, seven ish years ago. I tell people I had a podcast and they're like, what's that? You know, like a lot of people are still like, I don't know what that is. Um, I still tell people about it out where I work in rural Indiana and they're like, oh, I've seen that app on my phone. I've never pressed it. <laughs> like, you know, feel, you know, but, uh, but podcasts have a lot more legitimacy now than, than they did back then. And I think it's kind of the same for, for blogs too. Like, you know, stuff like being an Instagram influencer is a thing. Like, I hate that fucking term. I, you know, I'm famous for taking selfies. Like, I think your blog post is a well-written personal oh. documentation of your fandom with the band. And it, it, I mean, that's why I invited you on. I mean, we had never, we've never met in person. We had not 
more than a couple tweets back and forth. I'm just, I mean, maybe that was my very first tweet to you or message to you. It was just like, hey, I liked your thing. You want to come on the show? <laughs> Isn't that kind of how it went down? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was that day that that radio station was playing They Might Be Giants all day long. And I think I yes. had posted it on that, like on Twitter when that was happening. What a great radio yeah, station. Like, just, Good for them. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you're like, just a reminder, I wrote this thing because it was like maybe, what, you wrote it last... Reposted it last like yeah, I think June? it was about last year. Yeah, yeah I think so. So it's yeah. good thing, uh, good thing you reminded people about it because I'm like, oh, I'll go read this, and then immediately invited you on the show. So, um, yeah, it was a very well, compelling you. read, and 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 usually the first segment of these episodes is talking about people's history with the band, but I'm just going to uh, demand that they go listen to the exclusive and 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 pay money, and uh, then and. In return, I'm going to give you the episodes for free and get you some merchandise because we got merchandise oh. in the works. We got Woo-hoo. Abby, Abby Bash. Do you know you've seen Abby around Twitter, right? Enthusiast, I think is her I Twitter have. handle. Yeah, yeah. Um, her episode's about to air too. Um, Which song did she pick? Door to Door Minotaur. Ooh. She is in love. She is in love with Flansburg, like in love. <laughs> I mean, she's like, she just turned 21. So I could say it's like a girlish oh. crush because she is, she's <laughs> so young and, and just like full of, full of vigor for art. And it's, it's wonderful because she's, she's in art school, you know, she's leaving in three days. They might be Janice Shook. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and her parents' TV is in Esperanto for some reason. I'm not sure. <laughs> Why? Inside jokes, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is super fan podcast. We can make the stupidest <laughs> they might be giants puns and, and references. People will know. Um, but she's making. She's doing. Uh, well, she keeps calling it a lino. I don't know if it's a lithograph or a linograph. She's going like all out on this thing. I basically just want to ask her. I'm like, could you like paint a version of my flood logo? My flood, you know, my my parody logo, or whatever you call it, you know, my adaptation of the flood logo. And she, she did some mock-ups and stuff, and then she's like, you know what? I'm going to go all out. And now she's basically, like, carving it into wood and then painting it. Wow. She's making this massive thing that we're going to shrink down and put on a three-inch sticker. Awesome. <laughs> I bet it'll look cool enough that maybe eventually, if I get enough Patreon uh, support to make uh, uh, make it worth uh, making a run of T-shirts, maybe I'll do T-shirts. But it's going to look fucking cool. <laughs> kind of the impetus of it was to avoid uh, any sort of copyright infringement even though it turns out even though that it turns out one of my friends a copyright lawyer and he's like ah it's kind of gray area because even uh, they might be giants stole that the flow logo is the uh it's like the stage guild like a union what is it have you heard this no it's it's like the the badge like the logo of like um not you know it's not the like screen actors guild it's like the the backstage it's like the stage hand i'm forgetting the wording like, like it's a union crew? logo yeah huh. it's a it's union insane. logo and they took it and put the words the letters for flood into it hmm. and now i'm borrowing it from them and putting my words into it but so my friend who's the lawyer, he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of iffy. It depends, you know, how mean they are. And I'm like, I don't think they're very mean. Hopefully not. Um, but I'm like, just to take less of a chance, let's make it more of a unique piece of art, like fan art, essentially, 
which yeah. Abby does anyway. And um, I had seen some of her paintings. So I'm like, hey, I want to hire you. So I've I've PayPal'd her some money and to buy supplies, and she's making some sweet sweet art that I'm going to make buttons and stickers of. Great. Yes. Okay. So swag. Exactly. And even at the $2 tier on Patreon, I will send you <laughs> shit because buttons are like a quarter a piece. Um, so I guess do we just jump right to the song. I don't even know what to do. We did, we've already discussed your history with the, with the MMP giants at length. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to give a little, really- like a little, like two minute synopsis of, uh, Sure. How how old you were? What song? Like the, the the stuff I talk about on most podcasts. You know how old you were? What l- album or songs you heard first? And just uh, give it the Reader's Digest version, uh, and we'll we'll convince people to go back and listen to the exclusive. How about that? Sounds great. Well, I actually recently talked to my old childhood friend, and she made me aware that I had thought that I got into them in high school, but she said we actually first heard them in middle school, mm. and it was because her sister is older than us and she heard flood and was like singing i think bird house in your soul and we were like oh that's fun um and so i think that's how i first heard them and then for a while i think i just heard them a little bit through through her sister and through her uh-huh. and then i you know saw the tiny things thing of course and then you know the rabbit hole <clears throat> of they might be giants yeah um but high school is when i really think of them as as because i was in high school when flood came out well no, I would have been in middle school when it came out. So, um, yeah, but I saw them first when I was in high school. Right, right. And that's part of my story. I went a long time without seeing them live. I mean, I was mostly going to punk rock shows in Chicago. I mean, I, I grew up in the Chicago Burbs, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we would go downtown to see shows at, um, I don't know how well-versed you are in, uh, in, uh, in punk rock stuff, but there's this old... Famous old old venue that is not really a venue anymore called the Fireside Bowl, which was an old decrepit bowling alley that became a, a then then was just a dive bar, and then the punks kind of took it over and used the space uh, to throw shows. Um, and a lot of notable punk acts that came up in the '90s and early aughts came through there. My bands got to play there a few times. Eventually, we would go there. We would go to the Metro, which is another famous. Uh, place. I mean, it even gets name dropped in a Blink One Eighty Two song now. Now that Matt Skiba's in Blink One Eighty Two on the song "Parking Lot," he mentions going to the Metro to see Naked Reagan. Uh, these are the places that I was going. Um, I only got almost beat up once. Um, so, so like they might be giant shows. I would have been a lot safer at. I feel like, but I <laughs> I didn't go to see them until I'd already been a fan for like a decade. I mean, I saw them. Maybe not quite, but I saw them on the Mink Car Tour in Iowa City. Mm. It was the first time I ever mm. saw them. Yeah, so 2000, I mean, late 2000, maybe probably 2002. Yeah, mm. a little after the album came out, I think. And I've only seen them three times. How many times have you seen them? Uh, you know, I really, I've lost You've track. You've lost I, count, I've, see? I've, I feel like I've a bad seen, fan. <laughs> I think I've been lucky, though. I've lived in a lot of a lot of big cities and so that's helped I, i've been able to see them and i saw them a bunch in college because they would tour i was in uh, college in upstate new york and they would tour a bunch in those areas so yeah. i saw them a few times then i think that's part of the problem like by the time i was of driving age and like um yeah i mean because well and then i went to college in a, in a small town in rock island illinois um <laughs> 
Some people know the Quad Cities just because across the river, one of the Quad Cities is Davenport, where all the like the political BS starts when all that that whole election train starts up. Um, <clears throat> and then, and then another one of the Quad Cities is is uh, Moline, where John Deere tractors uh, started. Um, so yeah, a little uh, Midwest uh, uh, pride there. But <clears throat> so they never the they might be giants have never played the Quad City, as far as I can tell. They, oh. There's just not enough big places uh, there to to or hmm. venue venues that would be appropriate, I guess. Um, biggest thing that ever came through, I booked Adam and his package and Harmar Superstar there in uh, 2000, and that was awesome. Yeah, so so Iowa City, you know, is like an hour from there. So it's mm. like there's a that's another college town, but actually a big college. So I drove there, um, and that was the first time I saw them was in college. And then I saw them once in Bloomington, Indiana, another college town where my wife did her master's and PhD, and then Indianapolis. So every time I've seen them, I've uh, in Bloomington they played in my town, but other than that, I've I've always had to drive an hour or more to see them. So. Mm. Though I suppose you live in LA, so pretty much everything's an hour away, right? Even if it's just down the block. <laughs> Yeah, I work like eight miles from my house, and it sometimes takes me an hour to get there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why don't you just what? Do, do you ever bike or anything like that? No, because people are terrible drivers here. Every single person I know who is a bike rider, every single person has been in a hit and run. Yeah. So no, I I yeah. will not ride a bike here. Bummer. <laughs> I yeah, get to listen yeah. to lots of podcasts. So yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I've you know what? I've only been to LA twice. I played there once. I'm trying to remember yeah. the the. I mean, you know, like one of the many suburbs or whatever. I can't remember. Um, yeah, it was in, a great it was, LA sprawl. It was East LA, definitely, because I remember at some point we were we were wandering around. This was the early 2000s. None of us had cell phones. And uh, we were just wandering around looking for a place to eat. And it was definitely a very um, Hispanic neighborhood. And they were a lot. Of, we were like, oh, let's go find some, like, kick-ass tacos. And, I mean, we had one Hispanic guy in the band. But he, I, you know, he grew up in the Chicago suburbs with all of us white kids and stuff. And I don't know. But we were driving by this shop that was, like, had all these, like, kick-ass-looking cars. You know, like, all, like, the huge rims and everything like the detail all the like the one of those crazy car shops and like i think we had slowed to a stop sign or a stoplight and the guys look at us <laughs> and the one guy goes get the fuck out of east la and we're like yes sir and we drove away <laughs> and then we pulled in next door to get some food no we we're like okay <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all like 19 and we're like wow. 2000, 2000 miles away from home <laughs> with no cell phones. <laughs> delicate souls, delicate souls. <laughs> oh, it was good stuff though. We had a lot of fun. We played San Diego. <laughs> San Diego was a funny show. It got double booked. So it ended up being like an eight, oh. ba eight band bill. <laughs> oh no, that's awful. <laughs> we played next to a golden tea machine. Oh, adventures. Adventures. Um, you ever been on tour? <laughs> I have not. I have not been on tour. Y your book tour will be It will come. Upcoming, it will come. Right? It'll come. Yeah. You'll be like David Sedaris and you'll be you'll be reading oh. portions of your book to large crowds that will laugh and laugh. 
That sounds marvelous. Yeah, right? So it was high school when you properly became, you consider yourself more than a casual fan, you became a true fan in high school then? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Flood, obviously, you picked a road movie to Berlin, the closer off of Flood. Um, yeah, let's talk about this goddamn song. It's uh, <laughs> it's one that, honestly, I will give, give my basic opinion. Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, high school or whatever, this was the song where I was like, I'll just turn the album off. <laughs> it's too slow. Because, I mean, like I said, I was listening to punk rock. And like ska, you know, it was the mid nineties and they might be giants. And like, I love they might be giants. They were not like any of the other stuff I listened to. I don't think I identified them as punk at the time, but I kind of do now. But to me, they were like something else. And then it got to that song. I'm like, ah, too slow. All right. I'll, I'll put on, <laughs> I'll put on this no effects record. Uh, so, but I, of course I've come back around to it. Was this a song that spoke to you? right off the bat or was it kind of a grower like it was for me? Yeah. You know, I feel like my earliest memories of this song are, are with my dad and we would go on these road trips every summer. And, uh, and he, he was like a rock and roll guy, like, you nice. know, the Rolling Stones loved, loved Roy Orbison, uh, you know, it's just all that sort of old yeah. rock and roll, old kind of crooner kind of stuff. Um, the beach boys. And, and so like yeah. flooded come out and I was like, Oh dad, can we like put this, this <laughs> giant album on? <laughs> and he was like, sure, sure. And so we listened to it and I don't know. I just, I think I associate it with driving and being on the road and it's like sure. you know, a road movie song. Um, and it has this like odd nostalgicness to it. And yeah. I feel like even from the beginning of hearing it, I felt nostalgic listening to it. Um, yeah, now, I, I, so at the time, I'm not sure when I saw up. At the time, were you familiar with the genre? I mean, I'm just right now for the first time looking up like a proper definition of road movie. I'm on Wikipedia slash road underscore movie. <laughs> um, and I mean, I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out from context, like the gist of it. But like when you were listening to it as a kid and you were on the road, were you like putting that together like... I don't know. Did you know, were you familiar with film enough to know like uh, 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 in a road movie, like what that would mean? Cause to me it was confusing at first. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't think at the time I had any, uh, you know, it's, I, it's weird because I, I'm an English teacher and I, I love writing and I love language. And so usually I over analyze everything that I read, but for some reason, <laughs> it's my wife as well. For some reason, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason with they might be lyrics. I, I've never really been like that. They just sort of wash through me and, and I like what I like because of the sound. And so I don't even know, even though I knew the lyrics, I don't know how much I really thought about them. Mm-hmm. I just sort of liked the whole flavor of the, of the feeling that I would hear, like as I would hear the song sure. and it just sort of evokes these memories, I guess, of driving with my dad. So nice. But yeah, yeah now, now that I think more about what a, ro- a road movie is, they're usually, you know, a journey kind of film quote a road movie is a film genre in which the main (laughs) characters leave home on a road trip and here i can click on road trip if you don't know what that means (laughs) okay typically altering the perspective 
from their everyday lives. Road movies often depict travel in the hinterlands with the films exploring the theme of alienations for the rich. It doesn't say that. And examining the tensions and issues of the cultural identity of a national or historical period. This is all often enmeshed in a mood of actual or potential menace, lawlessness, and violence. A distinctly existential dread that also does not say that. Existential air. I'm just dropping in random they might be giants titles and is populated by restless frustrated often desperate characters the setting includes not just the close confines of the car as it moves on highways and roads but also also booths in diners and rooms in roadside motels all of which help to create intimacy and tension between the characters road movies tend to focus on the theme of masculinity with the man often going through some some type of crisis of course as as us men are known well, that's to do. Obviously, yeah. that's obviously what attracted me to the song. Yes, yeah. Some type of rebellion, car culture, and self-discovery. The core theme of road movies is rebellion against conservative social norms. Okay. All right. Um, what's your favorite road movie? Oh, my favorite and, and, road and movie. What is your favorite road movie and why is it Tommy Boy? <laughs> 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 a lot of options here. I'm stealing that from a. I'm stealing that from a cover. I was looking through covers, and there's a guy that does a ukulele cover live in a bar, and he starts explaining what a road movie is before he plays it. Um, sounds like it was some sort of thematic, like open mic night or something, where everyone's playing songs from movies, and he's like, "I'll play it later." But he's like, "This song is not from a movie, but it's about." Road movies, which are about something, but he starts explaining road movies, and someone in the crowd is like, Tommy Boy! (laughs) 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 And I'm like, I was like on the fence, I'm like, am I going to play this on the podcast? And I'm like, yes, I'll play it just for the chatter at the beginning, if anything. Like, And then he starts talking about uh, the uh, National Lampoon Vacation movies, I'm like, yes! Uh So here, are you looking at a list of them? need a list I, I have a name already it's it's harold and kumar go to white castle i, I nice. have to say definitely the best road movie not exactly as long of a road movie like they're not on the road that long but it is about them traveling yeah to a yeah. white castle i thought you were about to name my favorite movie of all time harold and mod yes <laughs> the different Which, I don't know, there's there's some driving in that in a there cool little hearse, sporty hearse <laughs> Love that movie. True. That that movie made yeah. me fall in love with Cat Stevens as well. Oh um, yeah. So stay tuned for my Cat Stevens podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't have time for anything else other than they might be giants now. <laughs> my wife is so sick of me. Uh, can we put on something other than they might be giants? <laughs> and, and she's a fan of them, but she, she's like, can we put on something else? Uh, so what is my favorite road movie? Um, Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> I'm looking at okay. the list. That's a good one. Uh, uh, Blues Brothers. Let's see. Alvin and the Chipmunks. The Road Chip. Okay. What am I looking at here? Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> that seriously is a great movie. You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Are you one of those people that hates Jim Carrey? No, I, 
actually, you know, I uh, I love Jim Carrey in serious films. Okay, like <laughs> like uh, Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. I found my serious favorite road movie. Okay. Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, yeah, that's a road movie. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, solid, they, solid choice. I don't know if Coen Brothers have ever said so, but everyone says it's like uh, it's the Odyssey, essentially. Sure. Um, and I love that movie. One of the best soundtracks. One of the best non-Wes Anderson soundtracks ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, road movies. Yeah. So, uh, so, if we go to the lyrics of this song, we're in a road movie to Berlin. Now, obviously, this album, this album came out in 1990, so the wall had, like, the Berlin Wall had, like, just fallen... Let me look at the dates because Flood came out in January. Like it had just hit the nineties. When did the wall come down? Yeah, you know I think if... it was just around then. Yeah, because I feel is... like I read once. I read once that Flansburg <clears throat> never really. Uh, he he always worried that this song wouldn't have a lot of longevity to it because it you know because of the Berlin Wall that once people sort of forgot about that they'd be like, what is this strange song? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it is definitely I think it's definitely about that on some level. Wow. Flood came out uh just two months after the Berlin Wall fell. November ninth. Wow. November ninth, nineteen eighty nine. So <laughs> I wonder if Flansburg was like, Well, we already recorded it. The album's already pressed <laughs> onto C D and cassette. We gotta put it out. <laughs> this song could have been cancelled. Had the Berlin Wall fallen, <laughs> you know, six months earlier when they were still in the studio. Scrap it! Song's dead. Good thing it wasn't. Yeah, that's, uh, hmm. I never looked that up before. But yeah, I know that he said that in the, in, so I'm looking at the wiki right now and it talks about, um, oh yeah, what does he say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Flansburg in, in 1997 on the Idiot's Delight radio show. I, that sounds like something I'd listen to. Uh, this song was actually written back when the Berlin Wall seemed like something that would actually never go down. It's weird. It's really a dated, I feel like it's actually sort of a topical, like, you know, <laughs> pulling out my anti-Vietnam song. Uh, you know, it was written at a time when it was just obvious that the Berlin Wall was going to be there forever. So it's kind of strangely dated. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, it's like if you... Like, people continue to make movies about World War II and continue to write books about World War II and all other kinds of art that's inspired by World War II, even though, I mean, there's really, you know, the numbers of people that were actually around during World War II are starting to dwindle. I mean, it was a long time ago. You know, people that were kids mm-hmm. during World War II are still hanging on, but, you know, people that fought in World War II, there's really, you know, that generation is starting to die off, unfortunately, but people are constantly... um I mean, it's a huge world event, and the Berlin Wall falling is, you know, I wouldn't say it's on World War II scale, but it's very, uh, I mean, it changed not just, you know, a country, but the world. So, I don't know why he thought it would be, why he would be so worried about it. I mean, I don't know. I think yeah. they just don't, they don't usually pick, you know, I, I, they don't often write songs that are so uh, specific. Topical. I mean, I guess, you know, James K. Polk and things like that. Yeah, it's very, like, topical and, like, timely yeah. um you know i think like a song like james k polk is is different because he's been dead a long long time 
Right. But like the Berlin Wall, I mean, that was something that people still remember. And, uh, you know, that's it's it's a strange territory, I think, for them in some ways. Yeah, at the time that he wrote it, it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was topical. It was modern. It was, a, yeah, a modern topic. Um, we're in a road movie to Berlin. Can't drive out the way we drove in. Now, here's here's a bit of... Uh, I always like this when you when you assume you know a lyric and you find out years later that you were wrong. Um, I thought for the longest time when I was a kid. I mean, first of all, I've never drank. I don't drink, so like the bourbon thing. Maybe that's why it didn't click with me because I never drank bourbon and still have to this day never drank bourbon. So sneak out this glass of bourbon and we'll go. I thought okay. So he's talking about driving. I thought it was so. Uh, wait, hold on. What I think it was. So, so sneak out, sneak out this last suburban as in the truck and we'll go. They're driving away in a big ass suburban. So sneak out this last suburban and we'll go for the longest time. Like glass of bourbon. That doesn't make any sense. You can't drive a glass of bourbon. (laughs) Come on. That, that doesn't seem too out of the question for me to uh, mistake that. Right. Even though That's I had the hilarious. lyric booklet, even though I had the lyric booklet, why would I look at the lyric booklet? <laughs> <laughs> You've had that happen, haven't you? Where you like are singing oh, yeah. along to a lyric and then years later you're like, <gasps> I can't Yeah, I was, I was the uh, Dr. Worm. I, for the longest time, I thought it was Rabbi Mole. Which oh, yeah, isn't yeah. that far from a mole, but yeah. still, you know, right. different we're, animal. Yeah, we were talking about it on Twitter, right? And And Spencer thought it was a bull rabbi bull yeah. right yeah yeah i mean a vol is not a very common or well-known creature to any you know a young person you know voles yeah. voles don't get featured in old mcdonald had a farm very often you know unfortunately maybe they should unfortunate that's not fair poor yeah bulls. come on yeah be nice to the voles it's <laughs> <laughs> that that episode with Kara was was funny. I mean, we've recorded we've recorded another episode too that's yet to air, but with her like actually sitting next to me. Like I've only recorded maybe three episodes with the person actually sitting next to me, and it always makes it for a much weirder dynamic and tends to get even goofier because you're just like, we're not talking that we're just talking. No one's gonna hear this, and it gets really bizarre. <laughs> but <laughs> but I started googling like. I was like, okay, worms are deaf, blind, <laughs> they can't see anything. Are voles blind? And I'm like Googling things furiously. I'm like, does it? Kara's like, nobody cares. I'm like, wait, we're recording this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading about, you know, the the old English for, for verm. <laughs> it got really bizarre very quickly. Okay, so anyway... Uh, this is the this might be a tangent podcast. Um, <clears throat> so, um, uh, what do you? I mean, what do you make of that line? Why? Why are they sneaking out bourbon? I mean, what? I mean, is it really anything that is we should even be thinking about? I'm guessing because they probably couldn't have alcohol on on one side of the wall on one side of I Berlin. I think you're right. Yeah, communists, so like, co- communists don't, don't like drinking. Is that right? <laughs> is that right? Do communists like they drinking or don't like drinking? I don't know. I feel like Karl Marx. I picture him with like a glass of whiskey. 
or vodka, <laughs> right? Vodka, come on. Vodka? Right. All the yeah, I thought all those commies drank vodka. They love their vodka, right? If we're gonna just like <laughs> talk stereotypes, why not? All those Russians. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, a glass of bourbon. Come on, a glass of uh, vodka. Right? Just one glass? Like, they're just sneaking out one glass of bourbon. <laughs> Make it a double quick. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get out it's of here. It's like a bumpy ride. It's all yeah. dripping out. <laughs> uh, you know, the worst thing about drinking and driving is I might spill my drink. <laughs> my drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't drink and drive <laughs> yeah talk about another misheard thing when i was a kid i i yelled at my mom for drinking and driving she was drinking a coffee they didn't specify <laughs> like mom you don't drink and drive it's like honey it's certain kinds of grown-up drinks <laughs> like but you're drinking Aww. i'm drinking a coffee <laughs> okay so what about the next part we were once so close to heaven peter i mean we pretty much everyone agrees that that's saint peter right came out and gave us medals uh, declaring it's not us Peter the nice. Gabriel? Well, I don't know. You want to make a pitch for that <laughs> interpretation? <laughs> Peter Gabriel came out, gave us medals, and uh, then he left uh, Genesis. So, um, so declare, declaring us the nicest of the damned. So, so the person in, that is leaving Berlin. I don't know. The, the narrative of this this song is very confusing to me. What do you make of it? As a grown-up. As a grown-up. As a grown-up. Am I a grown-up? Grown-ass woman. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what I like, what I like about this line is this idea that they're the nicest of the damned. Like, they're yeah. still going to hell. But, you know, Peter's taking a moment to come out and be like, hey, you're going to hell, but you guys, you're the nicest of them all. <laughs> you, you almost made it in. I'm sorry. You're going to have to turn almost around. Almost made it. Here. Here's a so, medal. <laughs> so does this mean they died trying to escape communism? I mean, what's going on here? They died. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. And time won't find the lost. It'll sweep up our skeleton bones. I mean, obviously they died in a fiery wreck or something, right? <laughs> right? It's funny. This podcast yeah, makes me think about these songs. Well for them. No. They're skeleton bones. Another, I mean <laughs> usually it's little, car craft song. Yeah, usually it's Linnell who's obsessed with crashing cars and, and skulls being just around. There's a human <laughs> skull on the ground in Berlin. Uh, and it's got a glass of bourbon next to it. Um, yeah, so take the wheel and I will take the pedals. Cause it, and he says I that line that, after they're already dead. I don't know. The I skeleton's driving? Because he's the one he's drinking. It's the skeleton's driving and he's drinking the bourbon. So the other one has to push the pedals. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Or or the narrator is a kid. Or it's a bunch of kids escaping communism. They've stolen booze. These naughty kids. <laughs> and they're so short they can't reach the pedals. So one of them's down there operating the gas and the brake and the other kid's steering. How about that? I love, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I look at these interpretations. Do you ever look at the interpretations on the wiki? I don't know if we talked about this last time. I have looked at some of them. I don't know if I looked this one up. <laughs> What I tend to do is not look them up until I'm on air recording and then just be surprised and, and or horrified by what people are saying. <laughs> or be like, hey, this person agrees with me. I don't think there's anything about um, it being children escaping. Because, come on, why would, why would you need to have someone on the wheel and someone on the pedals? 
They're kids. It's yeah, it's, that makes it, sense. Yeah, <laughs> come on. You figured <laughs> out the song. <laughs> I think it makes more sense than this one that's labeled Bob Hope. What? Oh, so Bob Hope had a series of road movie films: The Road to Bali, The Road to Hong Kong. Yeah, what do we got here? Let's see. Leonard Cohen. This is currently my favorite Leonard Cohen tune. I think it's just a reference to this kind of sounding like a Leonard Cohen song, which I which I I could see that. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. One of my old bands was named after a Leonard, Leonard Cohen song. Take Manhattan. Though everyone thought it was Aww. like the Muppets take Manhattan. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Fine. Well, that's good too. Sure. Yeah, I like the Muppets. Um and then I, I like these. The, what do you got? Go ahead. What about the extra lyrics? Have you ever seen the extra lyrics to the song? Yeah, yeah. It seems like most times when people cover it, they go ahead and add that in. And I think, I think at the time, it says that that Flans thought it was too long of a song, uh, and that. Uh, but from here on, I think they they perform it with the full, full shit mm. now. You know what? I'm going to use that as a moment to drop in a clip of their live Flood Live in Australia album that came out um, 2013. I don't know. Let me look. Um, I'm going to drop in their performance of it on here because it is uh, much longer. I mean, if you look at the chronology tab on the Road Movie to Berlin, which I like because they have so many versions of different songs, the Flood version is only 2 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, the flood live in Australia from 2015 is three minutes and two seconds. So, hmm. uh, they have that verse in there. I'm pretty positive. I listened to it not that long ago. Let, let me drop that in here and I'll, I'll make sure to play that part with that verse. You said you were the king of liars and I believed you and called you sire. But I realized You said you were the king of liars, and I believed you and called you sire, and I realize now that I have been deceived. Uh, is this talking about like uh, some of those famous communist leaders? <laughs> I think it could be, sure. Right? The king of liars. But he's calling himself the king of liars. I don't know. Because communism basically, in theory, could have been a good thing. Never has really worked. Well um, so it's they're saying weird, that he's a liar. I don't know. What do you think? There's a weird pronoun shift because he said we the whole time, but now it's you. So is this the like passenger in the car? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Called you sire. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be like just saying the people in charge mm -hmm. were corrupt. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People with power using it in an inappropriate way. Uh, it's communism. We're all equal, right? Even uh, even Fidel. Fidel Castro is living just like me here in, in Cuba. Wrong. Um Did did you have people in your high school that like claimed to be communists because they thought it was like cool and edgy? 
Well, you know, I was a, an English major, so you, you have to study Marxism as like a literary tradition. Oh, and yeah? my, my, Marxist, my Marxist professor, he looked like Karl Marx, like, <laughs> <laughs> like spot on. Nice. Nice. Did he, oh, yeah, did he claim to be a communist people. or he just looked the part? Oh, no, he was absolutely a communist. <laughs> <laughs> he really believed what he was teaching. Did he try to convert all the children to communism and then got fired? He was quite uh, revolutionary in his delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I've never actually read any Karl Marx. Should I? Sure. Yeah, Is it writing that's down capitalism? <laughs> I, you know, actually, I need to tell you about a podcast. I'm going to go ahead and promote a podcast that I'm, that I'm about to be a guest on. I'm about to do some Ooh. crossover episodes with some other podcasts. I don't know if you've seen any of the tweets going back and forth, but there is a podcast I really got into recently called And Introducing. So, like, And Introducing. Louis Armstrong. And basically, they uh, their tagline at the beginning of the episodes is, and introducing a podcast about words about music. And they basically Ooh. give you the Reader's Digest version of musicians' autobiographies. Biographies and autobiographies. Mostly autobiographies. So, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to read the Britney Spears biography. But I will listen to people comedically talk about it and give me the gist of it in 45 minutes. It's a really cool concept for a podcast. And so... I hit them up and I'm like, hey, I'm, I, I tweeted at them about a couple, you know, that I was a fan of the the show and a couple of questions and stuff like that from my other Twitter account. So I, I, I tweeted at them. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you guys like They Might Be Giants, but if you want to do a crossover, I have a recommendation for your podcast. My favorite, my favorite uh, musician's autobiography is Woody Guthrie's Bound for Glory. Have you ever read hmm. it? No. What What do you like about it? It okay. It's amazing. First of all, Woody Guthrie is one of my heroes. I mean, I mean, fuck. Talk about like the first punk rocker. I mean, on his guitar, it said, "This machine kills fascists." On his guitar, how punk rock is that? Seriously though, I think everyone should read the Woody Guthrie biography if they're into um, American literature or his music because it's good for both reasons. He, uh, do you know anything about Woody Guthrie? Not much. So, without going too far into it, I mean, basically, modern folk music, and probably, therefore, modern country music would not be what it is now. You know, Bob Dylan would not be a thing if, you know, Woody Guthrie had not inspired him to essentially steal his entire shtick. I mean, Dylan tried to steal his whole backstory, essentially, by saying he rode the boxcars, which Dylan did not. Woody Guthrie did. Rode the country, like, did odd jobs. You know, he was basically a musician for a living, but... um was dirt poor. I mean, he grew up in the, in, in Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl. Um, and so this is his, uh, him telling it's an autobiography and he writes it. Um, I mean, it's almost like reading Twain or something where it's written in the vernacular of the time. <laughs> and he <clears throat> writes it the way that he talks. Like it's written. It's, it takes your brain a while to adjust to it. Um, because, you know, like every other word is like misspelled, you know, it's like phonetically spelled the way that he would have said it. But there's all these great stories, just like even before he was a musician, like getting stuck in a tree when he was a kid, like all these like these cool stories and from growing up in the Dust Bowl. Like, I mean, like a firsthand account of 
what it was like as as a poor kid in the middle of a dust storm <laughs> and learning to play guitar and yeah, literally traveling the country. I mean, if anyone was qualified to write a song called This Land is Your Land, it is him. Also, m- most people, just like in Road Move to Berlin, there is a lost verse that mm. most people don't know. He did not. He did not believe that people should own property. Uh, and yeah, this this un-American thing does not make it into most patriotic renditions of the song. Um, the have you ever heard this this other verse? I think I have heard the extended version of it. The extended cut. The extended. Uh, to, uh, the Smithsonian Folkway, Folkways records have a lot of really good um, Woody Guthrie recordings. I mean, pretty much mm. his only recordings. He's supposed to have written. Uh, over a thousand songs though. I heard wow. a friend of mine say it was over 3000 songs because we were trying to determine who's written more songs and they might be giants, which is not many people. Woody <laughs> Guthrie is one of them as a singular songwriter. He had no songwriting partner and he's, wow. he wrote more songs than they might be giants. Um, wow. Yep. And uh, let's see this lands in your land. Um, yeah. See, even this does not have the full lyrics here. Basically, he says, uh, okay, as I went walking, I saw a sign there, and on the sign it said, no trespassing. But on the other side, it didn't say nothing. <laughs> that side was made for you and me. Mm. So he's essentially like, he's traveling the country and just walking through everyone's private property because he doesn't <laughs> think they should own this land and it belongs to Mother Nature or, you know, the Native Americans or or whatever. I'm not sure what his... Um, exact, you know, telling of it would be, but is a very good book. And so I'm going to be on an episode of And Introducing. I convinced them. They're like, the book looks awesome. Let's do it. They're trying to get uh, into more kind of old, older music stuff because they talk a lot about um, more modern, like punk stuff. Like they have one on, you know, Slash, Slash's autobiography, uh, Marilyn Manson's autobiography. Man, that guy's fucked up. Just as fucked up as, as his persona makes it seem. So they did this Louis Armstrong one. Then they were talking about, like, wow, we're kind of in un- untread territory here. They, they, neither of them really knew a ton about him before they, so, you know, respect to them for, you know, getting out of their comfort zone. So I'm like, hey, let's do one that's almost, you know, as old. I mean, actually, I think the book's actually older. <laughs> Louis Armstrong must have a, had a lot of songs that he wrote. How many songs did he write? Um, I mean, with with jazz, I think it's kind of a, a, a grayer area because they would often like he was he didn't write uh, "What a Wonderful World." Sure, I mean, he's known as you know he's the performer, mm-hmm. and you know with certain genres, it, it's a lot more like you know the the person you know that gets the spotlight for it is not necessarily the writer. Whereas Woody Guthrie wrote all of his songs, mm-hmm. not all of them got recorded. I mean, later later down the line, Wilco and Billy Bragg collaborated to. Uh, did you ever hear Mermaid Avenue? No. Yeah, um, Woody Guthrie's granddaughter found these books of lyrics hmm. to songs that hit, that her grandpa had written that were never recorded. Oh. Uh, yeah, and so. She gave these lyrics to uh, Billy Bragg and Wilco collaborated and took these lyrics and basically just made up the music from scratch. There, there was no notation for melody or chords. They just turned these lyrics into uh, two volumes. There's a Mermaid Avenue volume one and two that are excellent. So Woody Guthrie lyrics as interpreted by Billy Bragg and Wilco. Um, very cool. 
Um, so yeah, anyway, Bound for Glory, I'm going to talk about that on that podcast, and they're going to come on to talk about, I don't think they've picked their song yet, but it's a guy and a gal, they're going to come on together and talk about it, they might be giant song. And I'm doing a crossover with the Weird Al song by song podcast. Cool. It's called the Weird Alphabet, because oh. they do them in alphabetical order. Oh. They're already to the S's, so I've wow. requested, I don't know if they, they've accepted it yet, but I've requested the song Spam. Which is a a parody of R.E.M.'s Stand. Yeah. Spam in the place where you live. (laughs) And then that's four guys. So they're going to be on an episode of this podcast all at once. Um, So maybe we probably don't need to be killing a bunch of time here. Maybe we should actually talk about. um, Yeah. Yeah. We got all the time in the world. It's it's. uh, it's not a, a CBS sitcom. We got to fit it in in twenty one minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we've discussed the lyrics pretty well. Uh, what about the musical arrangement? Do you like? You've already said that the feeling of the song made you nostalgic for these road trips. And when, at the time, when you were hearing it back on those road trips, what was it making you feel? What were the mm-hmm. feels? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the end of the album, so it has this like mixed. There's always a mixed feeling when you're getting to the end of an album, especially when you know right. it's coming to the end. I, I actually I saw them do the, the flood tour, the the remount of the flood tour, uh-huh. and it's the only time I've ever heard this song live because I don't they don't really play it very often. Um, and it was you know it's that you know that that's that's the end of the the first set before they come out for their second. Set. And there's always right. that sort of joy and sadness that comes into the final moments. Yeah. Um, the set's halfway over. <laughs> Two more <Yeah>. encores. <laughs> <laughs> Seven more songs. Seven more songs. We can do Their it songs are so minutes. short. Yeah. Their, their songs are so short. You don't just want to chant one more song. I mean, it's like two minutes. I think it's funny that Flans thought the song was too long. <laughs> yeah. It says, hold on, let me find this. Yeah, It's like uh, a whole three minutes. <laughs> it's two minutes and 22 seconds. Is that with the extended? Uh, with the extended, it's about three <laughs> minutes, yeah. It's two minutes, 22 seconds on flood. Okay. okay. Getting a little long, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's their uh, longest song? Like Spy I think, or something? I think it's Spiraling Shape. It could oh. be Spy. But because I've already recorded an episode on Spiraling Shape with uh, Marianne McTrow, and I didn't realize it until, because she recorded a ukulele cover of, of the song for her episode. And and I remember clicking on the video and seeing that it was four and a half minutes long. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she does like a little, she int- like talks a little bit at the beginning. Like, holy cow, this song is this long. Like what? <laughs> like I had no idea. Um yeah, how long is Spy with all of that? Um, with, with all, all the, of that, all the craziness. The accoutrement. Spy. <laughs> oh, Flansy. <laughs> it's a whole three minutes and six seconds. Wow, that's Spy so, rolling, so long. Spiraling shapey is four minutes and twenty four seconds. Wow, that's like fucking like the fucking Grateful Dead over here. Get off the stage, hippies. <laughs> God damn it. Wrap it up. Don't time like, for this. That's like two of They Might Be Giant songs. I know. It's a, two, it's a twofer. <laughs> well, I mean, we essentially, we talked about that. I think this episode is going to be airing before hers because I'm letting you cut the line. Um, 
we essentially <laughs> take that, Marianne. Get um, out of the way. <laughs> yeah, goddamn Canadians. Oh no, we like the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, we do. They're 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 nice people. Um, for the Sorry. most part. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, <Boring>. Marianne. Jeff- <laughs> Canadians are very self-deprecating. She won't mind making fun of her Canadianness. Go put on your toque. It's cold outside. Uh, I just found out that was a word. Oh yeah. You what? know, in, in Georgia, they call a toboggan. A toboggan is a, like a knit hat. Yeah. 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 A toboggan is a type of sled. Okay. I know you probably, well, you, okay. You haven't always lived in California. No, I I grew up in Missouri, so I know about sledding. (laughs) Yeah. And then you were in New York. Yeah. In college, we used to steal uh, trays from the cafeteria to go sledding. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tray sledding. Yeah, it was fun. And just like the thrill of stealing something that like really had very little consequence if you got caught. Like, fine, here, take it back. You kids. You kids. You're crazy. You got expelled uh, for stealing yeah. a tray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so let's see. Um, oh yeah. So, so Flansburg in a Rolling Stone interview here on the wiki has a little quote. The song was designed to feel like a fragment of some bar room song, just starting up again and again. Uh, even though the verses resolve, there's a little bit of tension that is left hanging each go-around, and that hopefully is a bit more unsettling with each verse, of which he has cut one of them out. <laughs> My voice has slowed down, which is kind of creepy. So, I-, I guess they actually physically uh, slowed the tape. I mean, they've, did- they've done stuff like this before. They've sped up songs. I found out officially from Danny that When Will You Die was sped up. Uh, and I believe raised a full step, so it's not in the key that they recorded it in. Huh. They play it in the key and tempo of the recording, but they recorded it intentionally slower so that they could get that kind of artificial feel, like the trumpets sound like unnaturally high because they are. Huh. Huh. And I'm my band Doppelpopolis is currently learning that song, and I'm discovering there's a note in the guitar solo that is higher than the fretboard goes. <laughs> Because well, it is you know raised why. up. Yeah. So I have to do this huge bend just because it's it's a full step higher than the highest fret on, on a normal electric guitar. Hmm. <laughs> like, well, how is this so high? Oh, it's because they sped up the... They sped <laughs> it up. So here they slowed it down. Um, hmm. Have you heard the... You know, I was having trouble finding... Have you heard the um, the Power of Dial a Song two version, the Dial a Song version? I don't know. Oh What's, my goodness! Is Let it a lot? Is it a live it version? No, it's the Dial a Song version from the eighties. Um, let me send this to you. I think this may be queued up even to the right spot. I'm going to send it to you over Messenger here. Um, blurp, blurp. Okay. So, have you seen these? Well. You'll either recognize this or you won't. There's two like hour long um, YouTube compilations. Uh, oh, they, wow. were, they were originally tape compilations, I suppose. Someone made a bootleg of all these uh, all these Dial a Song songs. What's really cool about them is that some of them are even more lo fi than Dial a Song was because like half of these, it's like someone's holding a tape recorder up to like like they're out in a phone booth with the tape recorder up to the the earpiece of the, the, the phone <laughs> in the late 80s. Like, it sounds like there's wind blowing by for half of these. So, um, 
here, I'll, let's just, I'll cut out dead air. Just go ahead and, and listen to this okay, thing if you've great. never heard it. Um, if it's if that link wasn't queued up to it, it's at thirteen thirty five is where road movie starts. And it's only a minute and eight seconds long because whoever recorded it cut it off. You okay, will here see. We go. Here we go. Go ahead and listen to the full minute. Lands lowering his like with his voice lowered. Yeah, you know, I mean, he talks about. I'm assuming he's referring to the flood version that they slowed his voice down. But on that version, he almost sounds even lower. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's great. I love that. I love oh, that. Raw are you are you, in, of... are you in trouble? Are they coming to take you away? <laughs> They're always like loud sirens going up and down the street. Do you do you have your windows open? No. Okay, because if you did, I was going to say, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> it was negative nine degrees here a few days ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have a full day of school this week, this past week. Lucky you. <laughs> it's just cutting into our... They give us an unnaturally long spring break with, with half of it is called flex days, which they're pretty much oh. assuming that you're going to fill up with snow days. Mm. I mean, we'll still get the full, you know, five days off for spring break, but we could potentially have a two-week spring break if there's a mild winter. Yeah, we don't get any snow days here, but we do get, uh, we did have smoke days last year. We had to actually close because of the fires. It was pretty awful. And it's been pouring down rain here the last couple of days, which uh, causes a lot of problems in LA because number one, nobody knows how to drive in the rain, but number two, it floods a lot. And so like, there's just no drainage. So you're just, you can't walk across streets (laughs) because there's just too much water. So wait, did you say it floods a lot? Yeah, when it whenever it rains, which doesn't, doesn't when it rains happen it pours? often. Yeah, when it rains it pours. <laughs> I wonder yeah, why. That, that is such a weird thing to me that not only does it not snow, it doesn't even rain. I mean, yeah, and that's really. why you have all these problems with fires. I mean, that's what we get. Humans are just so stubborn. We keep building cities where no one should be building cities. I mean, oh, you yeah, got like New Orleans, that's going to be underwater in 100 years, probably, um, due to global warming. I mean, it it pretty much wants to be underwater now. Uh, Mexico City is just like sinking into the swamp. 
Um, just we keep building these cities in the stupidest places. Well, look at Hawaii. I mean, well, Hawaii is it's gonna, a fucking volcano. Just, it's, a, it's a volcano and it's an island and like it is just everything you don't want in the environment. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, this, this thing's dormant, right? I don't know. I'm just going to put my house right here. There used to be lava here, but now it's fine. <laughs> It, the lava's hardened. It's fine. So what did you think about that version other than, yeah, the voice is like really slow. And it could be like if the tape machine, like there's too many variables going on here. Whoever dubbed this or whatever, like recorded it from listening to dial a song, the answering machine could have been running slower. Mm. It could have been recorded slower or it could have, but the playback could have been slower or the transfer to digital could have been slower. I mean, who knows how many like photocopies of a photocopy this is <laughs> so i mean that's kind of what's fascinating about it i actually ripped these entire two videos into one long hour i mean this one's an hour and 26 minutes so i'll just play it until card tells me to turn it off because there's so <laughs> many there's so many weird songs here that i've never heard before it's really it's bizarre I'm hosting an MIP Giants podcast about every song, and I keep finding more songs. I'm like, I'm going to die before I complete this project. <laughs> it's kind of I mean, magical. I mean, like, there's songs like Cabbage Town that have, like, popped up on occasion on weird releases. Um, I don't think that's a... F Has Cabbage Town officially been on an album? I don't think so. Like, there's a song called Live Like Pigs. You ever what? heard of that song? No. Uh, Whir Whirlpool. Okay, Whirlpool sounds familiar. I'd have to look into that one. But here's a song called Don't I Have the Right. That doesn't sound familiar. And it says Demo 2. Nixon's the One. Hmm. What is that? What You've never heard Nixon's the One? Maybe I have. I don't know. It's like, there's just so many songs. I it's mean, a short little, a little one. Oh, yeah. This is like 30 seconds. Yeah. What Bothers the Spaceman? No, I don't know that one. I'm trying to think because I have it in one long MP3. I don't know if I've ever made it all the way to the end. Yet I just got it like a, I just like ripped it like a month ago. Uh oh man! I keep adding There's songs to my so list. Many songs. <laughs> and I'm recruit and I'm recruiting people to do these podcasts. Like I don't know. Are you on Miscellaneous Tea? I am. Uh huh. Um. So there's this guy uh, who just uploaded. Um, uh huh. I know who you're talking the about. The demos. Yeah. Mike. Mike Buffington. Is yeah, I think right? his name's Mike something. Yeah. Uh. I asked him to be on because I'm like, this guy sounds like he knows his shit. And the songs he was requesting, he's like, these aren't on your spreadsheet. I'm like, oh, my God, oh. there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing like deep ass cuts. Fun. And yeah. And people. I really yeah. Liked, I really liked the, the Mr. Claw episode. That was a song I never really thought much about. It was fun to to hear somebody kind of dissected and and why they liked it. it was neat to hear about. Made me appreciate it more. You, wait, Mr. Claw, you mean I've Got a Fang? Yeah, I've Got a Fang. I'm calling it Mr. Claw for some reason. That's another cool <laughs> song. I want someone to pick Mr. Claw. Uh, that's a good one. I've got, I've got people picking some weird ones. I mean, I've Got a Fang. Steve was my college roommate, and I we listened to Mink Car endlessly because it's the one that came out while we were in college. And we just loved the ridiculousness of that song. <laughs> and so it was an obvious choice for him. I, I, And I later realized, you know, people are like, Man, second episode, you're really going deep. I'm like, what? I'm like, it's a main album track, you know. It's like a mid Mink Car track. Like to me, Mink Car has always been one of my favorites, and I've just been more recently mm. finding out that people rank it like somewhere in the middle of their discography. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> to me, that Tight. album, 
to me, that album is the closest to like their self-titled debut of anything hmm. because it. I mean, their song, their albums are always eclectic, but to me, like as far as like groups of like poppy songs and then like a couple really bizarre songs, like you know, by the time they got to Lincoln they had already kind of figured out how to mesh the arty and poppy into one where on the self-titled, it was like, here's some really catchy songs. Here's some really fucked up songs. Here's some more catchy songs. Here's some really artsy, really bizarre songs. And like Mink Car, like it doesn't get as bizarre as like chess piece face, but you get to a song like I've got a fang and it's like, what the hell is this? But to me, that's what I liked about it is it was like their early stuff. Had the it's really catchy album. songs, had the really catchy songs, had the really bizarre songs, um, and really just eclectic, even even more than some of their other albums. I would I would contest. So is what? older is that the the first time that they were rec- like older is from Mink Car? I always think of it as a song that came out before then. Well, let's go to the wiki. <laughs> and um, John Ullis, I might be mispronouncing his name. He's one of the the moderators on miscellaneous tea he's also one of the editors on the wiki and has been for a long time i'm gonna have him on an episode he was another guy that was like where's the venue songs i'm like i forgot the venue songs like i keep getting these guys that i feel like like they're gonna school me but that's why i want to have them on the podcast i'm like hey you you professor of they might be giants get on here and tell me tell me what songs i'm missing on my spreadsheet so let's look at the chronology for older. For some reason, we are way off topic. Um, oh, it was recorded during the factory showroom sessions okay, originally. That's what I thought. But it was called "You're Older." Oh, Kit Kat acoustic break. What the hell is that? <laughs> um, well, it it did it did initially come out on Long Tall Weekend. Okay. But then I think they realized that people weren't yet downloading albums and were like, we better put it on a CD. <laughs> so they recorded it again for Mink Car. Um, I see. I see. Yeah. When Long Tall Weekend came out, I didn't get it because I was like, I don't know what e-music is. What is this? <laughs> I didn't even have my own computer in college until my senior year. I was sharing it with Steve, <gasps> me and Steve of, the, of I've Got a Fang fame. We shared a computer. <laughs> I, th- I think the deal was that the Clark family bought the computer for us boys to use, and we bought a TV and an N64 for us boys to use. Mm, so a good pairing. Go. <laughs> yeah, right? That was the trade-off, and we shared them. Oh, the TV with the VCR built in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I still... Red- yeah? I still remember when uh, I, was, I was... I think I was in middle school, and I got terrible flu or something my mom went to blockbuster and she rented she rented a vhs machine and brought it home it was like here i got you a movie and you can watch it as much as you want and i was like wow i can keep watching this movie that was beetlejuice and i remember just re-watching beetlejuice over and over like i can put it on again and again man i know there's going to be many technology in technological innovations for you know gen z's or whatever you call them i mean we're i mean you're a gen x can i ask what year you were born i don't know if i was born in 1978 i'm actually technically i think they call us the star wars generation 
I'm not a, I'm, it's true. You're a Gen Xer. You're a Gen Xer. I'm not a Gen Xer. The Gen Xers are a little older than me. And they, uh, they didn't grow up with, they never had any digital growing up. They only had analog. No, Whereas I had no, both. Cause I've, I've looked into this cause I was determined to not be a millennial. And there are, um, there you are. You were 1981. 1981 yeah. is, but what I've what I've found on most most definitions, 1981 is the last Gen X year. So you are definitely Gen X. No, so no, I'm telling you, there's this tiny little gap of like 19, I think it's 1977s to 1981ish, and I think they call them the Star Wars generation. And I'm telling you, we're, we're our own little that, thing. We're special. Okay. We're special. Okay. <laughs> we're the Jedi. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I'm glad we grew up in an era where stuff like Dial-A-Song, like I was too young to call Dial-A-Song when it was new. I called it in high school. Mm. But like, mm-hmm. it may have already been digital by then. I don't know. But um, like to know about cassettes and not in like some sort of hipster fashion where it's like, hey, check out this cool vintage gear I got. It's like, no, I had... <laughs> My bands put out cassettes because that's all you could. CD burners were expensive in the mid '90s. We put out cassettes and we dubbed them ourselves on the dual cassette deck that I still have. Okay, yep. goddamn yep. kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, get off my road movie to Berlin. Are are we still talking about a song here? I don't know what's going on. Honestly, this is what happens the second time I talk to people. It really goes off the rails. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Um, we got lots of time. <laughs> what I like, I, one of my favorite musical parts of the song is the bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and because it's just so drastically. And, and when I was younger, like I said, I'm like, this song is so slow. What's going on here? I don't, and I didn't relate to it being a bar song. I, I still don't like bars. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I have no no purpose for them unless they have music there or like pinball. You're speaking my language, <laughs> or even better, ski ball. Um, and so, yeah. So, uh, so that that part, like, I was like, okay, it's slow. But then when it got to that, that was like the rock out part, even though it was like this crazy like synth like orchestra hits. I think they say, um, let's see, Flansburg said via Twitter. If memory serves, a combination of Sammy Davis Jr. blast <laughs> and good. a stock Casio Casio FZ1 brass sound. <laughs> so a Casio brass sound does sound about right for the ba 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 ba. And the coolest thing about it, I was actually just listening to it today. I'm like, what the hell time signature is that part in? Mm. Because the song's in four four. You know, it's pretty standard little like ballad. Um, one, two, three. And it goes, bah, 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 bah. but then it has the, bah, 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 bah. and it does 10 of them. I had to count them yeah. out. It does 10 hits in that section, which I think essentially just adds a two, four measure. If I'm going to get really nerdy about it, because you got the four, four, the four, four, you got to add two more to get the eight. Cause it kind of, it, it loses the downbeat for a second. You're like, where the hell is this going to land? And it finally lands and that part is really cool. It just has like mm. one little meter shift in there, mm-hmm. which who knows if they were even thinking about that. And in the dial song version that we just listened to, it cuts off in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my favorite part of the song. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm positive. That's not, I actually found on, on YouTube, someone tried to recreate the rest of the song because mm-hmm. you know, it is, it essentially like the first and the last verse are the same. Mm-hmm. Right. I found on YouTube someone, um, 
put together the Flood album of entirely Dial-A-Song versions. Oh, Now, I, I think there were, there were three songs that were never recorded on Dial-A-Song versions. Obviously, the Flood intro, the first track of Flood. Um, Minimum Wage was never demoed on Dial-A-Song. Uh, Someone Keeps Moving My Chair was never demoed on Dial-A-Song. Hmm. But, like, all the rest of them are assembled. And then, so I listened to the Road Movie one, and I'm like, this is longer than the, the one I just heard. Hmm. And what they did, essentially, was they you know, in some sort of audio editing software, they took that verse that's at the beginning and just pasted it onto the end. So it has like a truncated kind of bam, 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 because it's not there on this Dial-A-Song version that's available on the bootleg. And they just kind of like somehow just mashed that verse onto it again to end the song. So that was kind of uh, creative, I thought. That's neat. Yeah, um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like one one long YouTube video of all the Flood songs available that uh, on Dial-A-Song versions, so that's kind of I'm neat. surprised that Minimum Wage wasn't a Dial-A-Song song. It, it almost seems like a Dial-A-Song song. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it almost seems like, like Toddler Highway, in yeah. a way. Because like yeah. that one, you know, they're like, they demoed it, and then they couldn't get it, and they couldn't get it the way they liked it, so they just kept the demo. Like, mm. there's only one version of that song, because they... Mm. they just kept the demo on the real album. They couldn't get it any better in studio form. And minimum wage kind of seems like that. Like, like it would just be something they're just fucking around with in the uh, Flansburg's apartment or something. <laughs> they're like, yeah. You'd think there'd be some, maybe there's some tape of it around somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe Flansburg went out and bought a whip and actually was like practicing cracking a whip. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. seems like something they do. Um, uh, so yeah, um, sh- I don't know. Should we wrap this up? What I, yeah. I found some. Co- I, let's wrap up this section and talk about a couple of covers because we've gone incredibly long now, um, uh, which is so unlike this podcast. <laughs> um, the only actually before we get to the covers, there is a live version from 1990. Have you seen this? Ooh, I've seen a live version, but I feel like the one I saw it was like an outdoor festival or something. Yeah, that's what this is. It's okay. in uh, it's in London in 1990. I'm sick. This next song was written by the tape, and it's called "Road Movie to Berlin."
There's one part where he where Linnell stretches his accordion out like as the bellows like as far as they'll go, which I think is he a cool loves move. doing that. That's a cool move. He's is Lance wearing a Ramones shirt. He is. he is. That's great. Yeah, I love it. The classic Ramones shirt. And so that loud part is just an accordion solo, yeah. essentially. So it sounds like there's just, I mean, there's like, there's not much percussion in this song until you get to that part. Yeah. It's like some tambourine. Oh, Daryl. Daryl Till is Astral B. He uploaded, I don't know if he uploaded the full thing, but he's the one that uploaded this road movie clip. He's uploaded some cool stuff. And I've played a lot of his piano covers on pods, a lot of them that haven't aired yet, but his he does a lot of really cool piano covers, even dating back like like this was this was over eight years ago he uploaded this. He's been putting They Might Be Giants content on YouTube for a long time. Yeah, I I like that I, I should watch that whole concert because I like the lo fi quality of it. Again, we grew yeah. up in the VHS era. It takes me back to like my high school rock bands with my dad filming it. Uh, right. Um That's great. I think I'm going to spare us a, a little bit of time and say that everyone should just go watch this uh, YouTube version uh, from 2016 in Williamsburg. Lots of the New York sh- in the New York shows, they'll have their horn section there. And there's a version with horns and on that bridge part. Well, what the hell? I'll just drop in like 10 seconds of that bridge because Kurt Ram and the, the Tricera Chops, mm-hmm. as they call themselves, the trio of horns, uh, blast the shit out of that loud part. It's really cool. Uh, uploaded by Yankee fan. Boo! Yankee fan 6493. <laughs> Yankee fan, please. Uh, well, anyway, thanks for uploading that video, Yankee fan. <laughs> so let's get to the covers. Let's see. What was. I, I told you I was going to play the one with the kid who. The, someone shouts out Tommy Boy. So let me show you that clip. Um, I even labeled it as such in my notes with all caps Tommy Boy. Um, so let me send this to you and you can check out just a little bit. His little explanation at the beginning. Uh, this is Phil Tom. Oh, now let me show you this. Who is the person? I don't know. I don't know. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this thing. Well, there's a very uh, hard to pronounce name uh, oh. right there. Ukutuluhu. Ukutuluhu. Road Is that this kid's name? Ukutuluhu. Is this young uh, man? Ukulele, like, like, like a ukulele. ukulele. Kind of? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, is that? I mean, this guy is uh, clearly of you know Asian American of some, you know. I but that's I'm like, that's not an Asian name. What is that? That sounds like I don't even know what that is. Ukathaluhu. I mean, maybe his name is like the upload. It's uploaded by Phil Tom. All right, here we go. Film called Road Movies. Check it. Uh, road Movies are these, it's a genre of film that uses a journey as this like plot device to move along the story. Tommy Boy. <laughs> Tommy Boy, there you go. Tommy Boy. Uh, Tommy Clyde, Boy. Easy Rider. Um, some of the Griswold movies. There you go, another. Classics. Oh, um, people are leaving. Think, uh, <laughs> road Movie of all time. But so anyway, in the background, I didn't even notice the poster before. I was kind of watching on my phone. Do you see the poster in the back? Yeah, Uke soundtracks. This is a very specific Woo! theme night. 
soundtrack songs played on ukuleles? Like, what is it this? Says, it says it's during the Chicago Ukulele Cabaret. Ooh, nice. about this because Marianne uh, when we first met on Facebook she's like how do you know Derek oh Derek Derek Schertz he uh, uh, he plays ukulele that's how you uh, she met him at a ukulele conference they live thousands of miles apart but she knows someone I know here in Lafayette Indiana because they're both ukulele enthusiasts so ukulele conference yeah that's a thing I have a friend who's a ukulele player. I'll have to tell him about it. Yeah, I play ukulele, but it's not my main instrument in any way. I'm a nice tenor uke and acoustic electric. I like putting it through delay pedals and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the uh, traditional ukulele player. Well, this is a nice little version. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's nice. Um... There's a young gal with a really nice voice that does a version. Let me find this one. Almost like a, I don't know if it's like a Joni Mitchell quality, but really good singer. Like maybe, here it is, Can of Jewels. I wonder if her name's Julie or Jules Julie. Um, Let me send you this. It's guitar and vocals, which is a really nice voice. Kind of reminds me of um, Jolie Holland. I don't know if you know who that is. She kind of has this classic like Billie Holiday kind of tone to her voice. And you can't really see her face. She she's clearly pretty young, and this was just uploaded uh, about six months ago. odd is that the audio doesn't seem to line up with the video all the time. Yeah, I was thinking that Are you as noticing well. That? <clears throat> I'm wondering if she recorded the audio and then attempted to make her own music video by playing along. 
Because the, the quality and the reverb on the vocals makes me think that she recorded it as an audio track first and is now recording a video playing along. Mm-hmm. Which, cool. I mean, it sounds great. It does. It has like a, a nice echoey sound. She's got a good voice though, right? I, yeah. I like, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a very different style. And she's got this real sultry thing going on in the video. Like, you can't see her whole face. It's kind of a mysterious thing. Her hair is, like, kind of messy, intentionally, I'm sure. She's got the, like, the cut-off t-shirt that's, like, she's shown a little, yep. little shoulder. She's got, like, Christmas lights. The room is very dimly lit. She has a little, <laughs> a little moon star ring here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the art yeah. house version. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, so that was Can of Jewels is the, the YouTube name. Let's see if I were going to pick one more. <clears throat> oh, here's a guy and his kid singing it. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it only has 13 views. So you're going to be the 14th. You ready? Lucky number 14. Yeah. I like finding these ones that like clearly no one has heard before. So I'm. Giving him a bump, giving him a boost on the podcast. This is Nate S. Published just a couple months ago, November of 2018. Nate and his son. (laughs) He's really into it, this kid. (laughs) He's got good pitch. I do like hearing what looks like a four or five year old child singing about bourbon and uh, saying the word damned. <laughs> Digging it. Promise. Last one. Molly Lewis. Let's see. The way this one is labeled is curious to me. So so the full title is Molly Lewis's Road Movie to Berlin cover remixed, parentheses, remastered, techno slash down-tempo music. What the hell does that mean? But then you listen to it, and you're like, techno? I was like, oh, a techno version? What the hell? It's not techno. Check that out. No, this is not techno. No. strange yeah i can't figure this out because then the youtube name is tech with a k techno axes royalty free music how is this royalty free this is a cover this isn't her song this isn't royalty free music it sounds like she's like the background is strange too it doesn't really match up with it doesn't 
It's just kind of like almost like a totally different song. <laughs> with just like the, it's it's like they took the the vocal track to, they did a, a someone did an acapella version of the song and then just stuck it over random music. It's very That's curious, a very like, strange version. Like cool jazz. It's like cool jazz. <laughs> but then it's got. Wait, does it have the loud part? I'm gonna fast forward here. Let's see. This little still image is very strange too. Yeah, and it's Molly Lewis, Who but is- it's got some dude walking a, a train track <laughs> in a curious outfit. Is that a MAGA hat? Is he wearing a MAGA hat? I know. No. I was wondering. I was. Wa- it doesn't have this any is from letters. This from 2012. On it, but- this is from 2012. Yeah. So the red ball cap was not. Red ball caps have been ruined. You know, sorry to any sports team. Yeah. That have red hats. Uh, I I now may accidentally punch you. <laughs> no, I wouldn't punch anybody. Well, I guess. It's I think. So take the wheel, and I will take the path. I think my favorite so far has been the. Uh... The enigmatic girl with the the half face. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mystery woman. Mystery oh, woman. Oh, look at that. I'm, I'm sure, you know, a bunch of young name might be Giants fans who are listening to this podcast are going to go check that out and fall in love with this mysterious woman. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You should. Go do it. And her, her moon ring. <laughs> yeah, that, it's calling you. It's calling you. I like, I like everything about the style of that, except the moon ring. Because I don't like hippies. Um, <laughs> the one band that me and my wife thought about when we first uh, got together and started dating was she was down with the Grateful Dead because her parents uh, played the Grateful Dead for her. And I was like, no! You're not no! right in that shit. <laughs> no! I'm a punk rocker. No, not realizing that like hippies and punks stand for a lot of the same ideals. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The music I was not into it though. Still, <laughs> still not into the dead. I can get down with their first two albums when they actually wrote songs and not just oh. long jams. <laughs> How do you really feel about it, Craig? <laughs> well, they used to kind of like fall in with like the Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That kind of you know the band. That whole kind of like vibe. But then they just became a live band that just went on forever. Anyway, let's not get in any more tangents. <laughs> oh, what what are you going to score Road Movie to Berlin? Oh no. Did you did you forget I did that? No, I I've just been I've been trying to avoid it. I uh, thought I'd forget. Yeah, let's see. Um I feel like uh, oh, it's tough. I mean, it's like it's one of my favorite songs, but I I think yeah. as far as like, there's so many f- songs that are my favorite songs, so that's tough. Um, I'm gonna give it, and this is probably gonna sound mean for a favorite song, but I'm gonna give it uh-huh. a seven point nine sure. two. Okay, seven point yeah. nine two and a cheerio. Yeah. We'll add a cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You're taking that from Steve. You're stealing Steve's style. What did he say? A Fruit Loop? I think he had a Fruit Loop. I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. in a Cheerio. A Honey Nut you, you Cheerio. You know, uh, so a little bit of sugar, but not Fruit Loop <laughs> levels of sugar. Uh, yeah, so um, 
it's funny. Like I said, uh, like several hours ago, th- this was a song that when I was younger, I would just turn off the album. So I'm like snooze fest. <laughs> um, but as a whole, it really caps off the album. Well, mm. I mean, when you think about flood as a whole, I mean, obviously the intro is fucking iconic and I have someone signed up for the intro, like just (laughs) alone as a standalone piece, um, which I think it stands alone. It's going to be your longest episode. (laughs) So Road Movie to Berlin really caps off the album well, like starting it off with the intro to Flood. I mean, it outright announces, you know, in a fanfare fashion that the album is starting and Road Movie to Berlin announces that the album is concluding. And it has this big apex, this big climax with all the synth hits, and then it cools back down again. Um, so really, composition-wise, it is a really good song um, and a really great closer. I can't see any other song on Flood uh, ending it other than this. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't like put Particle Man on the end. like That wouldn't make any <gasps> sense, right? No. Or Minimum Wage. What if Minimum Wage was the closer? <laughs> Right? This song has to be the closer. It's the only thing that can be the closer. It's so I think driving, for that. Driving yeah. off into the sunset song. Exactly, right? But that said, I again, I've got to rank all of these songs. It's no Dr. Worm. It's no Anna mm-hmm. Ng. It's a great song and it's perfect where it's at. It serves its purpose perfectly, but I'm going to have to give it a 7. Okay. And I mean a 7 that's I mean, that's good. That's like Pitchfork Best New Music score. (laughs) (laughs) Best New Music for 1990, Road Movie to Berlin, the brand old record from 1990. God, God bless Flansburg. You're, you're, he's he's such a good guy. I mean, there's really not many songs like this in their canon, you know, now that I think about it. Yeah. It's sort of a, a special standalone kind of piece. They don't do a whole lot of ballads, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could look through and probably count their ballads on on, on four hands. <laughs> <laughs> they have 700 songs, so if they have 20 <laughs> ballads, that's not very many. Okay? <laughs> if you had four hands. Okay, let's count your toes, okay? If you count it, you could count their ballads on your hands and toes. Fingertips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks for, for being on. Everybody, if you haven't listened to that exclusive, I mean, I'll have put a teaser up. You should all go sign up for the Patreon and listen to the full love letter to They Might Be Giants. Uh, yes, Leslie's feature. Um, it's, it's, it's a good one. If I recall, I recorded it a month ago. <laughs> I think it went well. <laughs> so I think with that, um, I, I'll I'll tack my credits on later. I'm just gonna say uh, bye bye and uh, Leslie. Let, let's let's talk again about um, an even weirder song. That's not even really a song. Sounds great. That? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, bye bye everybody. Fare thee well. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Might Be a Podcast. I'm Greg Simpson, your host. You can uh, find me and the podcast on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Outdoor Valor. That's my band I talk about, of course, always plugging my shit. To find the podcast, we are at This Might Be a Pod on Twitter. Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. You can email me. This might be a pod at Gmail. And of course, you can leave me a voicemail. I love that stuff. You can also text me at this Google Voice number 224 801 2930. That number again 
224-801-2930. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd really appreciate if you go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Leave a review if you want. Uh, go rate us on whatever podcast thingy you listen to us on. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe or follow on Spotify, whatever it's called. Thanks again. And we will see you next time on This Might Be a Podcast. And so long, everybody. So I realized when listening back that we neglected to play one of the probably most well-known covers of Road Movie to Berlin. And that's by Black Francis, a.k.a. Frank Black of the Pixies. His version of Road Movie to Berlin is a really unique take on it, a really good one. It's off the Hello Radio comp. I don't know how we missed one of the most obvious ones to play. So let's listen to that on the outro. We'll see you all later. King of lies, and I believe you and I call you sire. I realize now that I have been.